You may be seated. Pueden sentarse. Praise God. Who said worship was boring? Not me. Alabar al Señor no es nada aburrido. It is invigorating. It, it reminds us of where our source of life is. Our life comes from the Lord. Uh, nuestra vida viene, Señor. And so let the redeemed of the Lord say so, right? So go ahead, say so, so. No, not so what, but so. It, it's that way, right? Welcome, everybody. Bienvenidos a todos. It's a pleasure to, to be here with you this morning and to, to worship God. Uh, I want to welcome those who are online worshiping. We're hoping you're high and dry wherever you may be today. Uh, damos la bienvenida a los que estén en línea adorando con nosotros. And I also want to welcome our children and give them a moment to go out for children in worship time. We love you guys, and we hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful experience of hearing God's word and and responding to it and treasuring it up in your hearts. Uh, los niños van al tiempo de niños en adoración ahora. We're grateful for each one of our children. They are not just the future, but they are the present of what God is doing in our world. So we want to invest in them. We want to help them to grow as well as the rest of us. And that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be growing here, I hope, as we open up the Bible together. As Greg said, we're in Revelation chapter 19 today. Hoy estamos en Apocalipsis Capítulo 19, it's easy to find. It's the very end of the book, very last few pages of the Bible. And to begin with, I'm going to read just a part of that chapter that we're focusing on. It's verses 6 through 9. Voy a leer versículos 6 al 9. And I'll be reading these verses first in English, and then we'll, we'll go back and read the same thing in Spanish. It's short, but it's important. Voy a leer primero en inglés, después en español. And what we've been seeing throughout this book are spirit imparted visions that were given to John who recorded them under God's inspiration. And so we have the word of God here for us today. Son visiones inspiradas y dadas del Espíritu Santo a Juan, quien las escribió. So let's listen, let's open up not only our ears, but let's open up our hearts. Abramos el oído y el corazón a la palabra de Dios. This is what John uh, says here, beginning in verse 6, he says, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. Dice Juan, después oí voces como el rumor de una inmensa multitud, como el estruendo de una catarata y como el retumbar de potentes truenos que exclamaban aleluya. Y ha comenzado a reinar el Señor, nuestro Dios Todopoderoso. Alegrémonos y regocijémonos y démosle gloria. Ya ha llegado el día de las bodas del Cordero. Su novia se ha preparado y se le ha concedido vestirse de lino fino, limpio y resplandeciente. El lino fino representa las acciones justas de los santos. El ángel me dijo, escribe, dichosos los que han sido convidados a la cena de las bodas del Cordero. Y añadió, estas son las palabras verdaderas de Dios. 
So uh, last week we were in chapter 18, and in chapter 18 we saw that Babylon's party is coming to an end. That's basically what we saw there. In capítulo 18, vimos la fiesta de Babilonia se va acabando. What does that mean? Well, it means that the evil forces of this world and the evil human institutions and governments and powers are represented not only by Babylon, but represented by Babel and Sodom and Gomorrah and, and Rome and many other empires and regimes, those things are getting weaker and weaker in our world. Los imperios malvados del mundo se están debilitando en nuestro mundo. Even though at times it may seem like they're actually getting stronger. Even though we look around, it seems like evil is getting stronger. Actually, evil is losing its grip upon the world. El mal está perdiendo el control de este mundo, aunque a veces parezca ser más fuertes. Now, the Bible has some uh, terminology for this, a name for this. Uh, in several places of Scripture, it talks about this present evil age. That's where we are. Estamos en esta época malvada actual. But there's another time coming and another power. Hay otro tiempo y otro poder que vienen. And the Bible also has a name for that. It's called the age to come. Es la edad venidera. It is this power that is beginning to surge in time and history. It's the power of God. It's the power of God's eternal kingdom that is breaking into this present evil age and is beginning to take over. Es el poder del reino de Dios que interrumpe en esta edad malvada para superar. And so what we have in Scripture, what we see are these two ages coming together and they're colliding like two tectonic plates underneath the ground. Son como dos placas tectónicas que, que se chocan. And the result that we're seeing in our world, you think about the upheaval in our world, it's the result of these two powers confronting one another. Es el resultado de este choque de estas placas tectónicas. That's why things are shaking in our day and age. That's why things are in upheaval. Por eso hay cambios sísmicos hoy en día. But if you ever studied earthquakes in, in school, in science class, one thing you know about when two tectonic plates underground collide, one plate slides down and the other plate slides up and comes out on top. Una placa se va para abajo de las placas tectónicas y otra va para arriba. Well, that plate that's going down, that's Babylon. That's the evil forces of this age, this present evil age. Las fuerzas de esta edad son de Babilonia, van para abajo. And the forces that are coming up on top, that's, of course, the kingdom of God. Las fuerzas encima son el reino de Dios. And again in Revelation 19, what we're seeing here is I think the effect of these two tectonic plates coming together and what it's all going to, to look like in the end. Vemos el efecto de esta colisión de las dos placas tectónicas. Now again, in chapter 18, we talked about the party being over for Babylon. Se va acabando la fiesta de Babilonia en 18. Well, here in chapter 19, we're finding a different emphasis. And the emphasis is on the fact that God's party is just beginning. La fiesta de Dios está por comenzar. Now, I'm not what you would call a party animal, but if you've ever been to a party and it's kind of dead and dull, 
right? What's the best way to get the party going? ¿Qué es una manera de, de, de dar inicio a la fiesta? Well, I, as far as I understand it, the best way to do it is to, do, is to crank up the music, right? Hay que subir el volumen de la música. And that's what we find going on at the beginning of chapter 19. Uh, in verse 1, John is witnessing this, and he says, After this I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for true and just are his judgments. Después huí del cielo un tremendo bullicio, como el de una inmensa multitud que exclamaba, Aleluya, la salvación, la gloria, el poder son de nuestro Dios, porque sus juicios son verdaderos y justos. Here we see the music is cranking up. And there's this heavenly chorus of God's people, those who've gone before, and they're singing a Hallelujah chorus. Es un coro, cantando de victoria. And, and they're saying, this is great. God's plan of salvation is finally coming together. Se está llevando a cabo el plan de salvación de Dios. And, and God's going to render true and just judgment for everything that's been wrong in the world. Ya, Dios va a juzgar el mundo con juicio verdadero y justo. And goes on, they sing some more. They say, he, God, has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He's avenged on her the blood of his servants. Dios ha condenado a la famosa prostituta que con sus adulterios corrompía la tierra, ha vindicado la sangre de los siervos de Dios derramada por ella. Who's the prostitute here? It's Babylon. We already met her, right? In Babylonia. It's all those evil forces that have been working in the world. And Babylon stands condemned. Babylonia está condenada. And God's going to exact true and just revenge on her for all of the violence and the hatred and the murder that that, that evil has committed against the people of God. Dios va a tomar venganza sobre Babilonia por, por haber matado a los hijos de Dios. And so we get to verse 3 and they're singing about Babylon burning like a dumpster fire. And the smoke, they say, goes up forever and ever. Babilonia está quemando y dice, el, el humo de ella sube por los siglos de los siglos. Babylon is toast. Babylon is destroyed. Babilonia ha sido destruida. And the fact is, talking about the smoke going up forever and ever, that's, that's, that's symbolic language to say, this is a done deal. This is really going to happen. Es un dato hecho que va a pasar. Babylon is going down. We're not going to see some of the things we talked about earlier where Babylon seems to go down and then she rises from the dead and comes back with rage. No vamos a ver una resurrección falsa de Babilonia. That's over with. Not this time. That's not going to happen. Not ever again. This is done. Ya no va a volver Babilonia. And so heaven is rejoicing. In verse 4, we find the four living creatures and the 24 elders that we met back in chapter 5. They join the chorus. They're singing this victory song. Los cuatro seres vivientes, los 24 ancianos del capítulo 5, también se unen al coro. So there's a, a party going on in heaven, and the music's getting cranked up. Hay una fiesta en el cielo. But as we get to verse 5, it would appear it's time to bring this party down to earth. 
Es tiempo de, de que la fiesta llegue a la tierra. At least that's what Bible scholars think is going on here. Let's, let's read this here. Verse 5, then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. El trono salió una voz que decía, Alaben ustedes a nuestro Dios, todos sus siervos grandes y pequeños. Después oí voces como el rumor de una inmensa multitud, como estruendo de catarata, retumbar de potentes trenes, potentes truenos que exclamaban, Aleluya, ya ha comenzado a reinar el Señor. So, from the throne, there's this invitation to praise God. Hay una invitación a adorar a Dios. And then, John is describing what seems to be another multitude. Not the multitude in heaven, but it's another multitude of God's servants, great and small. And it would appear that this is the multitude of the, of the people of God here on earth. Es otra multitud, parece de los de la tierra. And they also are praising God. And it would seem that somehow this multitude of God's people, they're sensing the seismic shift that is beginning to happen. Ellos sienten el, el cambio sísmico que está pasando. In other words, they're beginning to get the sense that, that God is winning the day. And he's overcoming. We go to verse 7. They continue to sing, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Alegrémonos y regocijémonos y démosle gloria. Ha llegado el día de las bodas del Cordero. Su novia se ha preparado. Se le ha concedido vestirse de lino fino, limpio y resplandeciente. El lino fino representa las acciones justas de los santos. So, God's people on earth, think about this, even though they're surrounded, it would seem, by evil, even though evil seems to be closing in, they're not dreading the evil, but they are more focused on God's great victory. No están enfocados en el mal, sino en la gran victoria de Dios. And they sense that history has now reached a tipping point, and it's tipped over to God's side now. This is definitive. And so they are excited, and they, they say rejoice Why? Because the wedding of the Lamb has come. Ha llegado el día de las bodas del Cordero. Here we see that this great celebration that heaven and earth is anticipating is a wedding celebration. This is not just any party. This is a wedding party. Es una celebración de boda. And it's not just any wedding. This is the wedding between Jesus the Lamb and His people The church, the bride, es la boda entre Jesús el Cordero y su iglesia, su pueblo, la novia. And these people say it's time to get ready for the wedding. They're not just wedding guests, they're the bride itself. No son solo invitados, sino la novia en sí. And they say it's time for the bride to get ready. And it says here that the bride is given fine linen. Bright and clean to wear. Se le concedido a la novia uh, vestirse de lino fino, limpio y resplandeciente. Now, in case we don't get it, and there's a lot of places in Revelation where we don't get it. In case we don't, here it's spelled out for us. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. 
Lino fino representa las acciones justas de los santos. Now, here's where we need to kind of understand a few things, biblically speaking. When we talk about being dressed with righteous acts as human beings, we must understand that the scriptures are very clear that no human being can stand before God dressed in righteousness of their own. Ningún ser humano se pone ante Dios con su propia justicia. It's just not possible. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, the Bible says that all of our righteous acts, all of our best attempts to be good and right and holy, it's like dressing up with filthy rags. It's not good enough. Nuestras acciones justas son como trapos sucios, dice Isaías 64. So what's going on here? I think we need to pay attention to what it says. It says that fine linen was given her to wear. Se le ha concedido vestirse de fino lino. Lino fino. In other words, this dress that God's people puts on, it is not coming from them. It can only come from one source. This dress of righteous acts must come from Jesus the Lamb, viene de Jesús el Cordero. He is the one who dresses his people with righteousness. It's basically his wedding gift to his church. This is what he sacrificed for, to be able to dress her in complete righteousness. Jesús viste a su iglesia con completa justicia porque su regalo de boda a su iglesia. So this party that's coming is a wedding party. Es una fiesta de boda, but it's not just a royal wedding. It's not just the wedding of the century. This is the wedding of all time and history. This is the big deal. Es la boda de toda la eternidad. This is the wedding that all of God's faithful people have been longing for and waiting for ever since the very beginning when Adam and Eve left God standing at the altar in Eden when they divorced themselves from God by leaving and separating themselves through sin. And we have become participants in that divorce. Es la boda que todos hemos estado esperando desde que Adán y Eva se divorciaron de Dios en el huerto de Edén. But now God's going to bring it all together. If this is everything that the Bible has been pointing us to. This is the culmination of God's plan, the culmination of all time and history. la cumbre del plan de Dios. And as John begins to understand what's going on as he's observing these things, he falls down in worship and praise and wonder. Juan cae rodillas en adoración. And as some Bible scholars point out, he accidentally finds himself bowing before an angel. Now, it's not the first time or the last time he's going to do this in Revelation. Juan cae rodillas y está adorando un ángel por accidente. And this angel, in verse 10, basically immediately says, hey, dude, on your feet. Don't bow to me. I'm a servant with you. And all of the rest of the prophets and the angels, soy siervo con, contigo, dice este. You're supposed to worship God alone. Hay que adorar a Dios and then he says, here, my job in giving you this spirit-filled prophecy is not to testify to myself, it's to testify to Jesus. 
Mi trabajo con esa profecía es testificar a Jesús. That's what it says basically in verse 10 when it says, it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. El testimonio de Jesús es el espíritu que inspira la profecía. So that's the big wedding party. There's a wedding banquet going on, a celebration that's coming. But as we get into chapter 19, verse 11, we soon see that there is another banquet that's being prepared. Hay otro banquete que se está preparando, empezando versículo 11. Now, if you look down to verse 17, you find that this banquet is called the Great Supper of God, or the Great Banquet of God. Segundo 17 es la Gran Cena de Dios. Now it begins in verse 11 where John sees heaven open and he sees this, this horse, this beautiful white horse coming with a great rider on it. The rider's name, it says, is faithful and true. Viene un caballo blanco con un jinete que se llama fiel y verdadero. He's got eyes flaming like fire. He's got many crowns on top of his head. Tiene muchas diademas en su cabeza, ojos como de, de llamas. He's got a secret name written on him. Tiene un nombre secreto escrito en él. What does that mean? What it means is that this person is someone that no one can control and no one can conquer because no one knows his true name. Nadie puede controlar o conquistarlo. And as he comes, it says that he is wearing a robe that's been dipped in blood. Tiene un manto teñido en sangre and the name we know him by is the word of God, se llama el verbo de Dios. Now, I think we got a pretty good clue from all of that who this is. This is talking about Jesus. This is Jesus coming in, riding on his white horse, leading the armies of heaven into battle. Jesús está al frente de, la, de los ejércitos del cielo. In fact, if you don't know him, he's also got one of those things, you know, one of those uniforms with his name on it, on the leg, it says that he is king of kings and lord of lords. El rey de reyes y señor de señores. And then in verse 15, there's a description here of, of what he's doing as he comes. Versículo 15, and I want to read this for you. It says, coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. Dice, de su boca sale una espada afilada con la que herirá a las naciones. Las gobernará con puño de hierro. El mismo exprime uvas en el lagar del furor del castigo que viene de Dios, Dios Todopoderoso. Now, in that little verse, verse 15, there are three connections with the Old Testament that explain what Jesus is about here. Hay tres conexiones con el Antiguo Testamento. The first one is in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 4. It has to do with the sword coming out of his mouth. Isaías 11, 4. Isaiah 11, 4 is talking about the Messiah, the shoot that comes out of Israel's family. And it says here plainly, he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. This Isaías destruirá la tierra con la vara de su boca, matará al malvado con el aliento de sus labios. There's a rod coming out of his mouth. Now, Revelation says that rod's a sword. What's that sword? It's the word of God. That's the weapon. Es la palabra de Dios. It's the truth of God. 
And then when it talks about the iron scepter, we go to Psalm 2, 9, Salmo 2, 9. Again, this is a, a psalm that talks about the Messiah King. And it says this, you will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Las gobernarás con puño de hierro. Las harás pedazos como abasijas de barro. This is talking about the authority of Jesus. He comes with great and all the authority of heaven with the word of God. And then finally it talks about Jesus treading the wine press. Después dice que está uh, pues exprimiendo el lagar. If you go to Isaiah 63, you read about someone coming robed in splendor with garments stained in crimson or red. Isaiah 63 habla de alguien uh, pues con esplendido ropaje rojo. And Isaiah 63, 2 says, Why are your garments red like those of one treading the wine press? Porque están tus rojos vestidos como el del que pisa las uvas del lagar. And the answer in verse 3 is, I've trodden the wine press alone. I've trampled them in my anger, trod them down in my wrath. Their blood spattered my garments, and I stained all my clothing. He pisado el lagar, yo solo los he pisoteado mi enojo. Su sangre salpicó mis vestidos. So this is talking about Jesus coming in the word of God, with the authority of God, and the judgment of God viene con la palabra de Dios la autoridad de Dios y el juicio de Dios this is the great banquet of God's judgment and if we go to chapter 19 verse 17 as this banquet lines up in verse 17 there is an angel that appears and calls out to the birds of the air and what does the angel say? The angel says to the birds, Come, gather for the great supper of God so that you may eat the flesh of kings, generals, horses, their riders, the flesh of all people, free, slave, great, small. Vengan, reúnanse para la gran cena de Dios para que coman carne de reyes, jefes militares, magnates, de toda clase de gente. This is a different kind of banquet than we just saw a few minutes ago. Es otro banquete. It is the banquet of God's judgment against all who have refused his invitation to the wedding banquet. Es el juicio en contra de los que han negado su invitación a la fiesta de boda. This is the banquet reserved for all who have clung to wickedness and destruction and death and have worshipped and loved what is evil and sinful and destructive. Es el banquete reservado para los que se han aferrado a la maldad, a la destrucción, la muerte. The great judgment banquet, we're told here, will be a feast. Va a ser un gran banquete. But those who come to this banquet do not come as guests. No vienen como invitados. These people who have done this come as the main course. Vienen como el plato fuerte. And we're told here that judgment will devour them. Those who spent their lives devouring the innocent and hating God are devoured. 
Los que devoraban a los inocentes van a ser devorados. And they're going to be devoured along with their leaders. The beast and the false prophet. Those are the two beasts we saw back in chapter 13. If you need a refresher, go back to chapter 13. You'll learn about the two beasts. Van a ser devorados junto con la bestia, el falso profeta, las dos bestias, el capítulo 13. These beasts, as we've learned, they represent the, the forces of violence and deception from the pit of hell that get incarnated and expressed through Rome and through every other evil human effort. Son las fuerzas de la violencia y el engaño que se expresan en el mundo. And in Revelation 19.20, we learn about their fate. Aprendemos de su destino. It says the two of them, the beast and the false prophet, were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Los dos fueron arrojados vivos al lago de fuego y azufre. And the rest, the rest who were along with them, were killed with the sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse and all the birds gorged themselves on the flesh. Los demás fueron exterminados por la espada que salía de la boca del que montaba a caballo y los, las aves se hartaron de la carne de ellos. In other words, they are defeated, get this, not with bombs, not with bullets, not with the violence of the physical world, but with the word of peace, truth, love. Of God. That's the weapon. Son uh, derrotados no de las bombas, sino de la palabra de paz de Dios. Now, as we look at this, you have to admit, this is, this is not a pretty picture that we're getting here, is it? Es un escenario muy feo. But I think that God's word is trying to help us to wake up to something. And it's this, there is absolutely nothing pretty about sin. There's nothing pretty about evil and the destruction it wreaks upon people and upon God's creation. There's nothing pretty about that. No hay nada bonito del pecado o del mal. Sin must be stopped. Evil must be stopped. It must be dealt with. Hay que tratar con el pecado del mal. It has to be put to an end. Now here's the thing. You can either be attached to that or you need to be separated out from that. If you're attached to that, you will go and share in its destruction. Si estás pegado al pecado del mal, vas a convertir en su de destrucción. And this is the problem of the gospel. How to separate sinners from their sin. ¿Cómo separar a, pecado, a pecadores de su pecado? Because you see, if your sin becomes your identity, it will eat you alive. There's only two options to deal with sin. Hay solo dos opciones para tratar con el pecado y el mal. Uh, singer Keith Green, a Christian singer, about 40 years ago, put it into a song and he said it very easily. He says, here's the two options. You can pay it yourself or let someone else. Puedes pagarlo tú mismo o permitir que alguien más lo haga. Those are the only two ways to, to try to get separated out from your sin. You can pay it yourself, but here's the problem. None of us could survive the punishment and the payment for sin. Nadie podría sobrevivir el castigo del pecado. 
It's the wine press of Isaiah 63. Were we to try to pay our own sins, first of all, we're coming with filthy rags. We're not good enough. And we would be crushed. Our blood would be splattered. Estaríamos aplacados, aplastados por el lagar del pecado, del juicio. It's impossible for anything else like that. The Bible says blood and go, uh, the blood of bulls and goats can't pay for your sin. You can't pay for your sin and survive the process. So what's the other option? The other option is let someone else. Now, otra opción es que alguien más lo haga, as Keith Green said in his song, but who would be that nice? ¿Quién sería tan amable? And we could add, who would be that qualified? ¿Quién sería tan calificado? Well, the answer is, there's only one. Hay solo uno. And it's the rider on the white horse. He's the only qualified one. Solo el jinete del caballo blanco. Now, Bible scholars are quick to point out a detail here that I think we need to pay attention to. Hay un detalle aquí, and it has to do with the, the fact of the, the, the robe dipped in blood of the rider. Se trata del manto teñido en sangre del, del jinete. Notice, Jesus comes to the battle with his robes already dipped in blood. The blood on his robes is not the blood of his enemies. El, el, la sangre en el manto de Jesús no es la de sus enemigos. Es antes de la batalla que la tiene. The blood that is on Jesus' robe as he comes to the battle is not our blood. No es nuestra sangre. It's his blood. Es su sangre. You see, before Jesus comes in judgment, in his first coming, he comes in mercy. And he is the one who spills his blood. He was fed to the birds on the cross. Fue dado a las aves del cielo en la cruz. He died and he took the punishment we should have taken. As we said a few weeks ago, he went through the wine press of judgment, the payment that we deserved, and it was his blood that was splattered. Él fue exprimido en el lagar del juicio y su sangre fue salpicada. And it is that blood that he offers to you and to me, that is the righteousness with which Jesus wants to dress his people. La justicia con que quiere vestir a su pueblo. Jesus is inviting all the time all who would hear him to come to his wedding banquet. Come to my banquet and be dressed with my blood. Be dressed with my righteousness. Nos invita a estar en su fiesta de boda, vestidos en su justicia. He takes on our unrighteousness to give us his righteousness. Él toma nuestra injusticia para darnos la, la justicia suya. So this is not bad news. It's an ugly scene, but this is actually good news. Because while evil's party seems to be in full swing, the reality is that, that God's party is just starting. 
And there is still time to get in on the action, to be a part of it. La fiesta de Dios todavía está empezando y podemos ser parte de ella. And so we're invited here through Revelation chapter 19 to get ready for the wedding party. Get ready by putting on Jesus' righteousness and following him alone in this time in which we live, this time of great upheaval and seismic change. Se nos invita a estar listos para la fiesta de la boda del Cordero, poniéndonos la justicia de Jesús. Because you see, the party of the world will not last much longer. But the new creation, that party is going to last forever and ever and ever and the key question that I think is coming out of this here the key question of Revelation 19 is which party do you want to attend which party do you want to be a part of a cual fiesta quieres asistir and Jesus is inviting he comes in mercy his first time he comes in judgment the second time but he's inviting all who would have ears to hear to experience the joy of following him into heaven's wedding banquet nos invita a experimentar el gozo del banquete del cielo. How does that happen? How do we accept that, that invitation? Well, it begins with something the Bible calls repentance. Comienza con el arrepentimiento. And that is simply that we renounce, reject, hate our connection with sin and with the party of evil in our world. Renunciamos, rechazamos la conexión con el pecado. We can't separate ourselves out from our sin, but we can hate it. We can reject it and say, no, no, that's not where I'm going. That's not what I want to be a part of. I'm getting out of that scene. I don't like that party scene. El rechazar la fiesta del, del, del mal. It begins with repentance saying, no, I don't want that. And then it's faith. Faith is simply turning and saying, yes, Jesus, I embrace you. I want your righteousness to cover me. I not only want your righteousness, I want you. Because it's not just about what Jesus can give you. It's about the relationship he wants to establish. And that connection with Jesus is the one thing that we can take from, from this life into eternity. And it will not be ever taken from us. Él quiere establecer una conexión, una relación con nosotros. This is the great truth that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords knows you and me. And He wants us to be with Him forever. That's an amazing truth. Rey de Reyes, Señor de Señores, nos quiere en su banquete para siempre. And so this morning, I want to I extend a, a sincere invitation from the King. If you've never repented and you've never let go of, of evil's party to say, I want Jesus, if you've never trusted in him, it begins by simply saying, this is where I'm going. I want you, Jesus. It's about, it's about a, an act of the will, of the heart, of the life. It's not about being perfect. It's not about n never you know, sinning because we're mess. All our righteousness is like filthy rags, but it's about the connection we have with the bridegroom. Se trata de un acto de la voluntad de querer a Jesús. And so, this morning what I'd like to do, very simply, th this, for me, this is every reason why I'm up here every week. 
I don't know how else to say it. But this is the only reason that I do what I do because I want to see people get connected with Jesus forever. And so I want to pray with you a moment and we're going to have a moment to recite the Apostles' Creed. Vamos a recitar el credo de los apóstoles. But I want to invite you, if you have never, if you've never taken that step of turning away from sin and saying, I need you, Jesus, pray with me and then talk to me, talk to our elders. Like I said, everything we're about as a church is about getting people in that connection. So would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Vamos a orar. God, thank you that you give us so much light on, on our path with your word. Thank you, Jesus, that you came into this world and you were willing to take our punishment upon yourself. It is your blood that you come to us with. You come in mercy, you come in forgiveness, you come in love. How could we reject such an amazing invitation? ¿Cómo podríamos rechazar una invitación como la tuya, Señor Jesús? Right now I simply want to pray that anyone here this morning who has never trusted in you may simply say two things. Lord Jesus, I forsake all sin, all rebellion. Señor Jesús, yo dejo mi rebelión, mi pecado. I come to you empty-handed and I invite you and ask you to come into my life. Be the King of kings and Lord of lords over me. Te invito a que entres en mi vida y mi corazón para serte Rey de Reyes y Señor de Señores. Although it may be imperfect, I want to follow you the best I know how. Quiero seguirte aunque sea de forma imperfecta.